folks, welcome to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan, he is Mac. Howdy. Now, because of, unfortunately, some extenuating circumstances, that is of the uh, wonderful virus that is COVID-19, uh, and unfortunately, an infection that has infected my home. Mac and oh. I are actually not recording oh. together in the same space, in the in the same environment, but however, we're not... Uh, unknown to the landscape that is Zoom, so here we are, still True. recording. Here we are, these are still our doing roots. our thing. Danny, these exactly. are our roots. It really takes us back every single time. It's like a trip down memory lane that yeah. I still don't really like going down. Like, there's never a moment <laughs> where like yeah. we're using Zoom and I'm like, oh, thank God, Zoom. You know, yeah, it's this always... is never preferred. Exactly. It's it, the ends justify the means in, in in this case, but it's so like I just don't like how we got to said ends, and right. so it just sort of is what it is. So there's always going to be a little bit of wonkiness that happens. But no further ado, Mac and I are reviewing a movie that came out in 2021. It is a movie based off of a video game, which is based off of a novel that is romanticized events of actual Chinese history. And this movie is called Dynasty Warriors. It is based off of Romance of the Three Kingdoms, a uh, a novel uh, written by Luo Guanzhong. And it takes place during the uh, post-fall of the Han Empire and the Mm -hmm. Three Kingdoms period that uh transpires after that there's a little bit of dramatized events and so Mm -hmm. of course that's going to happen in the novel which is then of course going to happen in the video game dynasty warriors and uh dynasty warriors has really become something that it's like one versus 1000 and it's turned into absolute absurdity that has been translated into the movie right right, you have a thought that you want to get out there well i uh, before we get into and i would love to ask you why this was your pick um i I, I just want to uh, uh, clarify what my perception of Dynasty Warrior is, uh, uh, being your friend, um, and uh, coming into this this movie watching experience. So I have never played Dynasty Warriors, still to this day, never played it. Um, but I have watched you play it on multiple occasions um, throughout college. This this has always been something that's been around. I remember you being very excited every time a new one would uh, uh, come out or that you would hear about a new one. Um, and so basically all I know of it is that you uh, are one of these warriors with unbelievable powers and yeah. you are fighting not – you're not fighting bad guys. You're fighting armies. It's not like you're yep. fighting an individual. You are taking your weapon and you are mowing down crowds of people. In- peons upon peons. <laughs> I, I want to say also <laughs> that like this – so this series started as like a one-on-one fighting game. It did. And then the next one, yes, became a sort of hack and slash where it was like you – and you were just like a soldier in an army and you would, you know, and, and go take down foes. But right – like in a battle, like – if you hit over, let's say, 200, like, that's a lot of enemies. You know, yeah, that is a right. lot of enemies. And then at one point, they sort of doubled down and was like, you know what feels really good? Mowing down everybody. That's true. So it got that's to a true. point that it's so easy to get over a 1,000 KOs in just one battle. And uh, Dynasty Warriors used it's to hilarious. not be so absurd like this, where basically everybody has superpowers. 
Um, but yet, uh, here we are, and it's translated into movie form. But before we look at it at the context of somebody who's been following the series for uh, two decades, essentially, wow. uh, and I love the series, and it's also been translated into uh, Samurai Warriors, which takes place uh, right before the Tokugawa Shogunate, and then um, it's also been used, this trope, you know, this style of game for uh, other series, like the Zelda series or Fire Emblem, or, Mac, you'll know this one, Berserk. Uh, yeah. There is a Berserk Warriors game, but um, really, Mac, That's great. you you are not familiar, no, really at all with Dynasty Warriors and no. really the storytelling that happens within this series. So, can you at least paint for me the picture? You're sitting uh-huh. down. Your co-host is forcing you to watch a movie of which you have like no real background on, yeah, no, and you have no sort of context to really go into it aside from the fact that it's going to be absurd. Yeah. Um. So, what was it difficult to follow for you? Did you kind enjoy of, it? Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot to like kind of look at here there is, because there, is. there are there are a lot of characters and names that are just kind of thrown around. But what uh-huh. was the experience primarily like for you watching this two-hour film? It was uh, incredibly confusing for a while. Um, now, but I, I will say this. The moment that it opens, if the, if the only perception I have of Dynasty Warriors is just going to town on hundreds of people at a time, like one single swoop of a sword is killing like 20 people. If that is what my perception of Dynasty Warriors is, I'm expecting to go in and have a campy, ridiculous, uh, like oversaturated, just disgustingly violent, morbid, like borderline comedy action movie because it's yes. like so many, it's like so grotesque. And I, I was pretty satisfied in that regard. Like, mm-hmm. I had a pretty good time. This was honestly, okay, this is what Mortal Kombat should have been, in my mind. Um, yeah. Like, Mortal Kombat was, they they tried really hard to bring in the story. Now, are you talking about the most recent the movie, movie yes, of the most Mortal movie, Kombat yeah. that yeah. just came out? Okay. Yeah, that, like, whenever they start, uh, whenever they made that movie and, and you start watching that movie, you're expecting for there to be a plethora of 1v1 just gory battles. And you right. get that at first, and then yeah. you have to wait like another 45 minutes before you get another yeah. one. And you're just waiting, and it's so boring. And this did not disappoint in that regard. I Interesting, mean, because I off. had the, well, because I had the like opposite reaction. Really? You thought and there so, should have been more? Well, okay. Well, yes. Uh, well, I needed them to like. It's one of the, once again is that sort of thing that we discussed with Tusk that I needed them to pick a lane. Uh, yeah. I needed them to pick between like, are you going to take this story seriously, or are you going to really double down into the action that takes place throughout this film? Now, that's not. I, I'm going to unpack that a little bit more. Which, but I want to look at this movie at the lens of like this is based off of a video game first, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, which is a trap, uh, I think. Because it, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a video game is made to be nonstop action, and it is impossible for you to tell a complete story in only two hours without like stopping the action at some point to to, to talk exactly. about the story. Um, yeah, and so it, it's just it's not going to it's not going to be able to live up to swiping down thousands of people at a time. Right, it, and it's so, just too fun. And and that, and that was the thing for me. 
Uh, I'll just say this now. Yeah, I think, although there were some moments throughout the film that I was really interested by the dramatic storytelling, uh, particularly in some parts of the screenplay. One portion of the movie in particular that I thought was very, very interesting and that I don't think had ever been explored in any of the games, but it's something that happened in history and it is something that happened in the uh, dramatized novel, is that when Zhao Cao, uh, who is like, you know, the villain, but he's also the hero, but he's also the villain, uh, which is kind of true, rings true in both the games and the novel. Um, and when cool. he, yeah, yeah, I think I, so too. And he becomes, perspective. Uh, and his nickname, you know, sort of fittingly becomes the hero of chaos, which is like perfect. And like, I think that's displayed pretty well in terms of the writing in this film, but one thing that was really interesting, I thought that they explored that I even thought that it was fake because it also kind of felt out of place, but I'm also happy that they explored it. I really need to pick a lane there too. But um, when he escapes uh, from being a prisoner from Dong Zhuo and he is with um, this other guy who uh, used to be an official, Chen Gong, and they're going and he goes, Cao Cao and them, he, they go to uh, the home of his father's sworn brother. And oh, Cao Cao an believes issue. that that family thinks like like that they're going to kill him. They're going to assassinate him um, and actually murders them and finds out that he was wrong. And all the things that they were doing was actually about, you know, like slaughtering pigs and like preparing for a feast and not actually killing Cao Cao. And then he kills his uh, sworn uncle in one way or another uh, in cold blood, right? Like that is a thing I had never seen explored. That is a thing I didn't even know happened and which I really appreciate the movie for doing. And mm -hmm. yet at the same time, I always felt even outside of that, that the movie really dragged when it comes to those scenes, when it comes to the scenes in between the action that even though the storytelling you're still getting the story and the story is clear and you understand the stakes and you understand what is going on in between characters what is actually happening within those scenes in between characters and especially the acting and sometimes the writing it's never strong enough to really belong there Mm -hmm. So for me, my experience always was, let's just get to the next part. Let's just get to the next part. Let's just right. get to the action sequence because what's actively happening within this scene is not interesting. I know it's like in my heart, I know it's interesting because I'm interested in the story. But when it came to the actual execution of it, that even though it was clear, it felt so boring, and I think, honestly, partially, mostly because of the acting. Mac, I, what, what I, are your thoughts? I can definitely speak on that. The the uh, This brings me to my biggest critique of the entire movie. Um, and it is not like, yeah, obviously the acting wasn't great, but I, I don't think you're necessarily watching it for the acting. The thing that sure. really could have aided which is so high expectations of me to like sort of like well, oh I mean, yeah no when i'm playing you're a big when fan. i'm watching this movie i want you know good acting right which well, is no, like so not fair because so much of dynasty warriors is not good acting well yeah but i mean you're a big fan you want it to be as good as possible that makes total sense sure. the thing that bothers the shit out of me is that they uh most of the scenes instead of like having the characters find out something in the moment like them receive information right. for the first time in the moment 
they already know everything. So they're just like recapping it almost. And I think that's because they want to try and stay true to the to the games, to the story. And they picked mm-hmm. a they picked a story that like is kind of in the middle maybe i don't entirely know it's bothersome that that they don't like i'm not finding out things with them i they're diving into scenes and i'm expected to know certain things that i just don't i want to press on that a little bit more but to give you context as well where the movie starts is also where the game starts where it starts with the yellow turban rebellion um which is like a Revol- not a revolution, but I mean, it's a rebellion that's led by uh, the leader of the Way of Peace, Zhang Jiao, and he's trying to, uh, the Han Empire is falling apart, and there becomes that power vacuum, so he has this uh, peasant uprising that is quelled pretty quickly uh, yeah. and pretty immediately, but then that in turn creates another power vacuum. So in terms of like where the movie is starting is also from like where the games start like they always seem to start at the yellow turban rebellion so it's a very iconic sort of thing to begin with um now i've never uh there hasn't been a moment where the yellow turban rebellion involves zombies that was a uh that was a first time wild occurrence and that Um, there's always a little bit of magic but there's uh zombies was a new one i okay and i know that we're kind of early in the episode Uh, we're already at my gold medal this is my golden medal this is interesting like a couple like minutes into the movie three or four minutes into the movie yes Yes. i wrote this down exactly i said current best move in the movie just watched it happen let's see if it gets beat so i waited for the entire movie and no move in the movie beat that first move that i saw and it was this a guy uh was dead he was brought back to life by this magic. He turned into a zombie and he like levitated up pretty much, right? Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like he like did some move to, to, to stand up. He levitated straight up into the air. As he was standing, a guy comes behind him and stabs him through the heart. So he good. T- do you remember this? He yeah, takes, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. He ta- it's, it's the sickest thing <laughs> I've so ever gnarly. seen. He takes the guy's head from behind him flips him <laughs> over over his body the guy's on the ground and how he decides to because remember he still has a sword through his heart yeah that sword hasn't moved yeah that sword hasn't moved so he how he's going to take down this guy is jump on top of him and use the sword that is inside his body to drive it through the other guy's body and it was just like three seconds it was the most fluid fight choreography and I was just so shocked like i was so floored at the audacity of of this move that yeah it was it's easily easily gold medal for me but that was also like that was a great moment i felt in the movie that was the creativity of the absurdity that i don't i don't know if we got either enough i'm trying to like really dissect it right because i'm yeah once again i'm coming at this movie with the context with the framing of like this video game and mm-hmm. so the thing that I was really missing from this movie, and it's maybe it's unfair, maybe it isn't, is the catharsis that the video game gives, right? Yeah, it's yeah, where yeah. you're actively taking part in mowing down this 
<laughs> giant army. And it's satisfying to like when you start a stage, you're just this like li- like tiny, tiny blue dot, and there's a bunch of red on the map, right? Like this map uh-huh. is covered with enemies and enemies. And then when you are done, this map is like empty right. it is empty because of you and and it's sort of like a game where you can just like relax and which is funny you can relax take you know lounge back and just not really think and just sort of just go through it it is calming in the weirdest way possible but yet it is so incredibly soothing and yes. yet i didn't get that experience from this movie. Now, there were certainly mm-hmm. moments, I think that was a great one that you just illustrated, where uh, some of the choreography was really interesting, but I, I think, like, even in moments, like, there there wasn't enough. There wasn't a lot. And maybe that's me being too unfair. And and I think uh, it, then it got to a point towards the end that it wasn't anymore about the fight choreography. It was about how flashy it was. Right. And mm-hmm. so so you have let's just keep looking at the moment. You have that moment at the beginning where you mm-hmm. have a zombie yellow turban and uh, he's resuscitated back to life by the crazy Zhang Jiao. And then he has a sword stabbed him and stabbed in him. And then he tackles somebody and uses that sword. Right. And which is super duper creative physically. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have moment at the end when you have the three sworn brothers, Liu Bei, Guan Yu, Zhang Fei, facing off against Lu Bu, right? And so then that whole fight, for the most part, it being less about like the actual choreography of it, and it's more about how flashy it is, and it's more about like you know Liu Bei just like swishing and swashing with like water effects, and then like Guan Yu like throwing fire and then Lubu is like casting lightning like he's a firebender like it's not it visually it's it's a spectacle to admire but when it comes to the actual substance and like what's actually happening physically mm-hmm. between the characters in that scene there was never a moment of like there was one moment excuse me but there were not enough moments of like physical tension and physical stakes and physical action physically with one another there was only one moment where uh lubu deflected all three of their strikes at the same time right and that was the closest they ever got physically but i never and maybe it's because i know the story and i know all of them survive but never there was never a moment where i believed that they were going like either side was going to lose like, I needed stakes in that physical fight choreography so that you can tell your story a lot more powerfully. Sure. And then, in turn, have the audience a lot more engaged with what's actually going on. And one of the things that can help that is create a sort of physical nature to the fight choreography where everything is super-duper close to losing and 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 the stakes being super high as opposed to big explosion is it fun to watch sure but like i'm just i'm also thinking about like how much it could be better for the storytelling of this film right i i think that uh from my perspective um there was actually one moment where i thought that uh the that someone was about to die i thought that guan yu was about to die in that final battle whenever he looks over at uh, uh, forgive me. What's what's the name of the the leader of the three? Liu Bei. Thank you, Liu Bei. He looks at Liu Bei, and he's basically just like, 
hey, these weapons get more powerful if they shed blood. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's I so agree. dumb. Well, this is the thing. I thought, uh, what I thought, and what I thought would be a very awesome, beautiful moment in the piece is rather than them just like very carefully slice a little bit of blood off of them so that their weapons get more powerful. Strange, dumb, don't think they should have done that. I was like, oh, wait, uh, Guan Yu's about to sacrifice himself. And he's about oh, to I ask see. Liu Bei to kill him so that his weapon gets more powerful so that he can win. And then they just kind of like very gingerly like sliced into random parts of their body. And I was very confused. I was out on that. But I really did think that he was about to die. He like looked at him and he was like, Whenever they shed blood, they get more powerful. And then he's like, you've been such a lovely brother to me and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, these are last words. These are last words. He's about to die. But then it didn't happen, which was honestly kind of a shame. So I, I wish he would have died. Um, but, <laughs> it would have been better for the story. Even though he story. totally just didn't die then. And then right. if they killed him, that's just not being accurate to any source. Right. Yes. Well, the, the – the, uh, and this kind of wraps back around to, in my opinion uh, – yeah. For what the movie was, I think it depends on your expectations. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and for what the movie was, I thought it was an excellent um, uh, no. fun watch. I thought so. I, th- I, I had a decent time. I was like, like I, I, I could see myself having a few drinks with you and us just like screaming at the, at the television screen. Oh no! There were listen, listen. There were definitely moments throughout this film uh, where I was like, "Yes!" You know, I was incredibly (laughs) right, 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 because the 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 absurdity of Hua Xiang just cut off somebody's head and it just uh, teleported uh, two miles into this uh, uh, encampment where it's in the side of a mountain, and it happened five times in a row, and it was awesome every single time. Well, also the way that that they shot the scene. You don't know that they're that far away from the battle until Guan Yu takes his horse down through the canyon to yeah. to face him. And the second that he's taking his horse, like he's he's like riding his horse, and he's like riding through this big canyon and everything, like through this pass. And I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, you never told me where we were. Are you telling me that every time he chopped someone's head off, it flew? Through the canyon and to the so same good. spot, yeah. it was so funny. Jesus, and honestly, so I I also want to comment on so that that portion of the movie. I think it uh, it may be like halfway through or something like that. But that portion of the movie where it's Hua Xiang, right, who is like mm-hmm. one of the generals for Dong Zhuo, and he's facing off against warrior after warrior after warrior, and easily just clamping them. Let's just say. <laughs> Uh, just defensively knocking them down. Just clamping. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, but, Fucking basketball. But I actually thought that was when the choreography in the movie was the best. Because mm-hmm. because the thing is, the thing is, and I knew this going into the movie, and maybe I like I hyped myself up a little bit more because I was having a fun time during the Yellow Turban Rebellion, was yes. that this movie is never going to reach this sort of... um creativity uh in terms of the character movements and how they perform their actions right and so then when it got to that portion of the movie where it's Hua Xiang facing off against a bunch of people and how a lot less 
absurd. When I say less absurd, I mean like the flames are not coming out of like each other's arms or anything like that. When when it's like once again, it's going back to the fight choreography being a lot more physical with one another and forcing um, the actors to be up against one another that's when the tension gets really really interesting is it cool to watch four people go down a waterfall and like ride the waterfall and fight each other at the same time and also have a horse ride the edge oh of like a tsunami yes yeah. yes 110 percent right like oh that's that's awesome but at the same time like i don't think there's anything that beats the physical choreography that's actually physically happening between characters and between actors in a film because that's something that you can't fake right mm -hmm. like i'm 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 happy with playing a video game and like it being all fake because i'm used to that right i'm mm -hmm. used to everything being fake so i'm used to the sort of absurdity that it provides but when i'm watching actual humans go through the right, experience right, 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 right. i want them to go through the experience physically and then it becomes a question is this dynasty warriors anymore i don't know but like i wanted to see i wanted to see more of that because that's when i thought the movie shined in terms of its action the most uh -huh. one of the i you just reminded me of one of my favorite moments and maybe second place in terms of like dumbest and most insane moves in, in, in the movie uh is whenever um uh Cao Cao is running away from lubu and um and he <gasps> and on I a just horse, remembered. and he's run, and he's on the horse, and then okay, I'm just gonna try and paint this picture for our for our for our listeners. Please, please, so, please. Um, so, uh, if you are familiar with the Indiana Jones movies, where uh, there's just one iconic shot in every movie, um, and it's kind of campy, but it's my favorite, and it's awesome. So he basically uh, like there's like a closing door, and then he slides underneath the door. And, and like, right with just enough time, he, like, reaches back and grabs his hat, right? And, like, that's in every Indiana Jones movie. So imagine doing that, but on a horse. And the horse is sliding with you under – so they're going through the forest. Lubu cuts down a tree, and he's about to get hit by the tree. He's on horseback. That's how it is. Yeah, and he does not fall yeah, off the it's horse. It's a car chase. No, no, no. This is a car, a car chase. chase. Like, if it's there a was chase. a car chase in this movie, it, it'd be this it's motherfucking on horseback. thing. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, my God. I should, we, I should actually rewatch it. Holy shit. Him and the horse so slide awesome. underneath the tree. And it is the funniest shit ever. Because you're like, I'm sorry. Did that horse just slide? And that wasn't even the best part for me. The best part for me, it wasn't even just like the horse sliding underneath a bunch of trees and then getting back up like it's a motorcycle. No, 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 no. There's horse drifting. There is horse drifting. There's oh my horse God. drifting <laughs> in this film. There's a one point and, and it slows Ooh. down to the action slows down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Tasan Lubu, their horses drift around a tree it is the sickest thing this movie did i'm sorry i thought it was You're like right. hua action bits no 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 no. it's the sickest thing this entire movie does easily so Horse i drifting. um so i have a feeling i have a feeling that your sizzle serve might have something to do with hua Xiang. and if not i know that you at least have a a sizzle like take on hua Xiang, um that i would like to dive into after a word from our sponsor yeah and welcome back to the artenders so where we left off i was asking danny about his uh sizzle serve um now before we get into that i just wanted to point out that i am 
having a very good time with doing our same old shit where we prescribe this super high-end theory and really in-depth analysis to just shitty, shitty content that does not deserve it. I think it's so funny that we're taking this so seriously, but it's just classic. And I wanted to. But this you. is how we learn, and exactly. like, but we're actually hilarious. taking away like the best parts of something, and we're still learning right. stuff from the sh- shit. You know, I'm, like no, there's still there's still funny. some substance to it. Yes, yeah. no, very much. So, so. your uh, your sizzle serve. I, I I wasn't sure if this was your if, if this was your sizzle serve, but. Um, uh, we we left off talking about Hua Xiong, um, yep. and uh, that he was in the movie for just a little bit, um, yeah. but was c- oh, but his impact—I mean, huge impact yeah. and huge moment for him. Yeah, yeah and, and 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 he served as a very very pivotal moment, especially to Guan Yu whenever he had to step up and 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 perform. Yeah. Um, now we both had the same reaction after watching the movie of Guan Yu's really small. Um, that's Thank a very you. tall, slender man for that role. Because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, traditionally in the video games, he is enormous. Uh, so, like, I think one of the games just, and, like, mind you, of course, like, these are video games. They're just, they're also taking artistic liberties, of course. But, like, their interpretation, which is what the movie is based off of, right? Mm-hmm. Their mm-hmm. interpretation, one game lists him as six foot nine. He is a giant, and he's a giant <laughs> compared to most of the Six characters in the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Nice. Um, Listen, but also, like, maybe a point of context that you do not know, Mac, and maybe uh-huh. you, the listener, do not know. Guan Yu is considered to be the Chinese god of war. God of war? He is the fucking god of war. So, this segues, segues, if you will, into my... <laughs> sizzle serve which is this is some of the worst casting you'll see in the 21st century jesus man because and listen and it's part of it part of its performance but most of it is just how foolish so the person who plays guan yu in this movie if i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name correctly but i'm gonna give it a shot his name is uh gung han and he performs as guan yu in this movie guan yu compared to everybody else in this film looks tiny he is tiny. It's super weird. The way, and this is, I'm attacking this man's face, but only because this man played as Guan Yu, not because of just his face, because he's a beautiful man. I mean, he is gorgeous. Yeah, like he's he pretty. Is, he is just beautiful. And he rocks and his eye so, makeup that is just... However, is yes, exactly. And, well, actually, no, not exactly. There's, I'm not so about that with the eye makeup, but it's more so. So Guan Yu is known for like having like a red face, and a giant, long, beautiful beard. And so this red face, and and more so how the beard looks on Gung Hong's face, is that his head, his head is shaped like an upside-down triangle. So it looks yeah. awful. So right before we started recording this episode, I sent Mac, because I thought this was really important, I sent Mac... A couple of renders from Guan Yu, one of them from Dynasty Warriors 8, the other one from Dynasty Warriors 9. And I also showed him a gigantic statue that was built uh, of Guan Yu in, uh, I believe it's pronounced Jingzhou, uh, in China, right? And so just to also give him the, the context of like how Guan Yu is interpreted nowadays and sort of what he means to that culture. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you have somebody who, mind you, Dong Hong is, uh, excuse me, Dong Hong is five foot eleven, but he looks tiny next to everyone else when he is the same height. One, you cannot. Yeah be the same height when you are basing it off of this interpretation where he is a giant of a man. And so I was never convinced that he was a tough, powerful warrior, right? Like, I I am still dumbfounded that Guan Yu in this movie was able to defeat Hua Xiong, right? Like, as if he was able to um, physically overpower Hua Xiong. Right, right. When I'm looking at those two people and i'm like there's no fucking way to yeah. such a point that i think the guy who who played hua xiong um whose name escapes me unfortunately i think he should have played guan yu i honestly think anybody should have played guan yu <laughs> because when it comes to in terms of the acting and in terms of to the physical embodiment literal physical embodiment of the character there were so many other people that could have been better were there some good casting decisions in this movie yeah I believe so. I think Louis Koo played a great Lu Bu. Yeah. I think Sweat Lam played a great Dong Zhuo. Like, there were some moments throughout this film that I'm like, this is, like, pretty good casting. This is how you translate this character from history to novel to game to movie. This is how you do it, right? And And faithfully taking a page out of the previous thing, right? But when it came to Guan Yu, he looked like an ant. It is... Honestly, genuinely, incredibly embarrassing. Because, mind you, like, if his acting was superb, right? Mm-hmm. If Gung Han's acting was superb, then I'm like, you know what? This opened my mind to a different but super interesting and engaging uh, performance and interpretation of this character, right? That was not the fucking case. So, if you're going to give me a mediocre performer, then can you at least give me one that, you know, plays or looks Damn. the part? Yeah. I just, yeah. well, I'm just saying, right? That's true. And no, so, I agree like, that's par- partially, like, so, do I think, for example, the guy who played Cao Cao in this movie, Kai Wong, did I, did I think he did a good job? He did a fine job but i thought what he provided for the character was really really interesting and so even though he never looked like dynasty warriors's version of Cao Cao, i was like you know what i'm fine with this actor playing this character because of what this actor brings to this character however when it came to guan yu what that actor brought to him was good as garbage and I'm I'm just gonna say that off the bat. I think this is really really disappointing casting. When for the most part, like casting wasn't even that bad on the board. When it comes to looks, right? When it came to acting performances, there wasn't really anybody that did a great job. But when it comes to strictly the looks, I thought this is pretty good. Like Soon Jian and his two sons, I'm like Soon Jian looks like a daddy. Hell yeah! Like that's that. Like I needed him to look like that. Was a hot right? dad, yeah. Wen Shao looked like a prick. Perfect. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Was the acting on the board that great? No. no. And I wasn't expecting it to. But at the very least, if the acting isn't going to be good, then have the actors look like the characters they're supposed to be playing. Because if you're gonna look at me in the eyes and tell me that's the God of War. I don't believe you. And that is my sizzle serve, and it, and it bothers me. It bothers yeah, me, yeah, Mac. Yeah. When I've played these games for years and years, and I understand, I'm, I'm, am I gatekeeping a little bit? Sure, but I don't think I'm putting that high of no, uh, expectations no, no. when it comes to, like, 
just getting somebody like I, I don't know, man. Is there yeah, sure. maybe that, like that, a wrestler or something like just that somebody. leads me into the the aesthetics of the movie, which are absolute horseshit. So whoa, uh, okay. Well, I need you to specify yeah, a little of course, bit more because I want I mean to. I do want to dissect the 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 film visually, but yeah, please keep going. I mean specifically the costume and makeup department. Oh no. Uh, oh. Oh, we are on. They need to be fired. This boat. Oh, I think no. they need to be fully let go. Um, My gold medal is to the person whoever's heading the costuming department. I mean, like I threw my cap. There were some decent choices, but this this is my two big qualms. My two big qualms. Okay, go ahead. Um, specifically the uh, Zhang Fei was totally in a fat suit. Oh yeah. Okay. No, no, no. All right. All right. I'm, I'm willing to back you up there. I'm willing to back you up there. There weren't. Uh, and that was just lows were certainly lows. Yeah. Those no, uh, yeah. Zhang Fei and, was a joke of a character in this film, and a joke of a look, and a joke of an acting performance, and just yeah. a joke. He was just was a awful. joke. Um. Yeah. Especially and, when you look at uh, who he was, he was uh, an awful human being, actually. Mm-hmm. In and real so life, it's yeah. just it's just at least like provide some you know, nuance or just provide something interesting for this character instead Anything. of just breathing two words that is Zhang Fei, like he's a fucking mute. Anyway, <laughs> please continue with your thought because I agree that Zhang Fei in terms of costuming was so Trash. uninspired. Yeah. And once again, he didn't need to be fat. He could have just been a buff guy. Yeah. Um, because there were so many people in this movie. I understand. I understand. There's yeah. a lot of actors that you have to juggle. There's a lot of fight scenes that you have to take that take care of. I get the stress of that job. At the same time, the lacerations, the cuts, the wounds in this movie were abominable. They were absolutely yeah, press on that more. Awful. Press on that so, more. What, what, what do you mean by that specifically? I mean they were two dimensional. Like th- there would be. Uh, there would be makeup showing that a person's like skin had just been like sliced open and like the bone was being exposed, but right. it was so clearly drawn on that yeah. it, it was, it took me out several times where, but like only in the big battle scenes. I mean, whenever it's right. like one-on-one, obviously you're not going to get a whole lot of, you know, makeup and blood in there because ideally they're, really really good fighters and so you're not going to have a lot of blood drawn but in the big battle scenes people are like lying dead all over the place and if you just look at them for a split second not even a full second just a split second you see just the worst makeup ever on these people and so much so much so to the point where i had to check multiple times because I am fully convinced that this was not made in 2021. Whenever I saw this was a 2021 film, I was like, no. They could have done better than that if it was 2021. But it it was 2021. It was this year. Um, Yeah. Which was a a big letdown. Also, considering your budget, clearly they had so much fucking money. I mean, just, just, just the money that it takes, not even like to set up the shot, just the money that it takes to have enough time to film all these battle scenes they got like 70 different angles of each battle scene it was ridiculous and like totally unnecessary beautiful don't get me wrong beautiful 
but unnecessary yeah. angles. Um, like where where they're you know they're they're battling they're in the field or whatever and you get a shot from the ground's perspective looking up at them fighting and you're like okay this was not necessary but it is kind of cool looking that happens so often in this movie and also just thinking about the i mean potentially thousands but probably hundreds of extras in this movie how much money i mean this U.S. U.S. dollars. This movie uh, uh, was budgeted at forty million dollars. It took forty million U.S. dollars to make this movie. Mm-hmm. That's plenty to do a lot uh, better visually. I think we don't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to dissect this a little bit more because what it's also partially sounding like is like the movie also tricked you into thinking that it had like a bigger budget maybe in terms of the creativity of some of the shots. Now, makeup department, mm-hmm. definitely lacking. Makeup department was so disappointing, so mediocre, yeah. and so not good. It felt so clear that, oh, this character is wearing makeup right now. You know, like it was, I would look in some scenes, I'm like, Liu Bei is like wearing makeup. Like I can I can visually see that. Like it's not yeah. it's not a sort of thing where it's just like it's for the camera. It's like no, like he is the actor is physically wearing makeup and I can tell and that's not really what's going to be happening here. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense aside and also yeah. with the fact of like when you talk about those battlefields and there and those like the blood and the dirt, like that's hardly on anybody. Um but I think there there was some creativity that was had when it comes to uh, sort of orchestrating all those shots and, and that cinematography together to make you think that it had, like, a gigantic budget. And I think, like, we don't, once again, we don't know where exactly that budget went, right? All we know is it had $40 million. We could say maybe it wasn't divvied up correctly, but there was mm-hmm. also, like, plenty of times throughout the film that the visual effects were not good. There was at one point moment after Cao Cao escapes from Lu Bu, and Lu Bu, I shit you not, splits open like a mountainside. And mm-hmm. this mountain sort of like, it falls off, yeah. right? Like it, is, it, it creates its own landslide. It's so clearly like a pasted on visual effect. And then when it comes to later in the film, when it comes to like the fire effects and the lightning effects, like it's so, to me... Like, it definitely looks like it's something out of Adobe, right? Like, somebody just, like, got some source and just paste, copy and pasted it mm-hmm. onto the film and didn't really, like, incorporate it into the rest of the film, right? Like, I was thinking about it constantly where, like, it's one of those, like, small things when you have fire or when you have, like, lightning, right? And when it appears on a camera, for the most part, that big flash becomes super duper overbearing. And so yeah. uh, I don't know the exact vocabulary, right? But because the flash is so bright, everything else is like cast into shadow sort of immediately, mm-hmm. right? Where that was not the case visually at all. So there was constantly moments of where this movie, like you could tell you, of course you're not going to be tricked that uh, it's doing something that's absurd and not real, but your eyes could tell too, right? Aside from yeah, your right. mind knowing that it's not real, it's the fact of your eyes the entire time could tell that it wasn't incorporated. Which takes well. you and out. I think, Which I takes think, you out I don't story. think it's like they had too much budget. I don't think they had enough budget. I think it was just mismanagement of the budget. But also maybe that maybe some of that budget went to um some of the actors or and it's also like 
It's it could be a multitude of reasons. However, what I'm not going to allow is you dissing the costume department because I thought the costuming, the costume designer deserves a raise. Now, unfortunately, on IMDb there is no like costume designer that is like credited in this movie. Uh, I'm sure there is though. So in the meantime, I'm just going to give this gold medal to uh, Philippe O'Brien, who was the wardrobe supervisor, and I'm just going to tell them, hey, please give it to the uh, costume designer for this film, because there was a combination of a few things, right? Not only did, I think, like, honestly, like the costumes themselves looked beautiful and gorgeous and also mm -hmm. decadent, but also um, sort of powerful and, and opulent at the same time, right? Like, one really good example is Lubu's armor at the end of the film, and it's a combination of a few things, right? It's not only that, but it's also faithfulness to the source material, which I thought was uh. really nailed by the costume department. When you have Lubu, for example, in his final armor, is not only, like, the sickest piece of armor ever, where his, like, chess piece is like the face of a demon and it's like chomping down and like where his, the demon's mouth is open is like his belt right like not only is that the coolest shit but it's also grounded from where like dynasty warrior eight's interpretation of labu where that is a very very similar outfit that he has in that game Right, so oh, and then okay, there was okay. also one outfit, one piece of armor that Cao Cao had that he had a phoenix on one of his shoulders, and that is a like consistent motif for like his faction throughout the games. It's like a like a blue phoenix that he always has, right? And so it's just like this little bit of faithfulness that if you like, if you know the games and if you know what's up, that you know like what's happening like with these like specific like costume choices. Um, and then at the same time, like, perhaps was some of them, like, absurd? Yeah, for, I mean, absolutely, right? But I think it really aided in showing off the character as well, right? right like, of course, right. only Lu Bu could wear that piece of armor. Only Liu Bei could wear his piece of armor. Only Yuan Shao could wear his stupid bright yellow look-at-me piece of armor, right? right. Like, it's, it's not only is it indicative of the characters but it's also indicative of like where specifically it's all coming from and i thought that was a special treat that this movie provided which i will not allow you to put okay on. yeah I, I i'll definitely give uh, a huge pat on the back to the props department um i thought all the weapons in the movie were so detailed and impressive yeah. i thought so yes and yeah yeah that was that was something that, that that I did notice quite a few times, um, especially yeah. them just like even, even like simply just sitting down to have tea, like all of the golden uh, utensils and dishes they were using were beautiful. Like they like they were kind yeah. of distractingly like, damn, those are really cool. Um, I was really impressed by that when like the movie started and they and they were doing like shots of like inside, I believe, like the emperor's uh, yeah. quarters, and it's like these opulent. Um, sort of uh, figures and the such and mirrors and glasses around the room and not only is it like just beautiful um, but also I think it just aids in the storytelling of the space right yeah. that not only do the costumes aid in the storytelling of the characters but also the props aid in the storytelling of the characters so then when you have Lubu's halberd which is like does you know borrowing a design from 
for games, but it's also like this gnarly, crazy, powerful looking thing that it's like, it's even scary just to look at his weapon, you know? And so, and then to also have it look pretty decently real at the same time. Once again, I think it's, it's really, really well done, but let's unpack some of the, uh, some of what pertains to the, uh, the weapons. And this is easily the worst part of the movie for me, aside from the casting. Yes. It is something that had never happened, I don't think. I think it's just unique to the movie. Is the introduction of the um the fort master or the master of the sword fort master person where she gifts these oh, yeah. weapons to these yeah. you know yeah. mystical wonderful warriors yes. which I thought was the stupidest shit I have ever seen in my life. Mind you, is this movie stupid? Yes, of course, yes. But all of a sudden, I think what's, honestly, what drives me towards this series is this weird, weird blend of actual storytelling and, like, actual events combined with the craziness, uh, like, the crazy paintbrush that's put all over, right? But then yeah. when you have, when you introduce this element that wasn't present in the games, that wasn't present in the books, of this person just giving weapons to powerful warriors that deserve it, that all of a sudden you're stuck in a, stuck in a fog, and then you're in this mystical place. Because really, it was just used as a way to give exposition to Lubu and Tao Tao. Like, that's all it was. That's yeah. all it was, and it was really, really stupid. And to such a point that I totally would prefer just for these characters to just have the weapons from the get go you don't like the movie needed to find a better way to provide the exposition for all of those characters yeah. creating this absurd environment and this absurd situation for its characters just so you can throw exposition at me is some of the dumbest shit yeah. there was there was far too much telling me what happened off screen um and it happened and you think that that was just like an exposition thing? It happened the entire movie. The entire movie was flooded with. Uh, let, let me tell you something that is very interesting, um, yeah. but but not uh, tell you in an interesting way or show you what what was so interesting yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, look, 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 look. This game. I mean, excuse me. The game was called, and the movie was called Dynasty Warriors, plural, right? And then also the novel that it's based on is called Romance of the Three Kingdoms, right? Which is, you know, more than one kingdom. And so then I understand for, like, pacing and sort of, you know, narrative storytelling focus that you're really just going to have it on, like, one person, which is Liu Bei, right? And kind of dabble a little bit into Cao Cao and a little bit into Lu Bu, right? When you're just going to, you know, dabble a little bit, right? But at the end of the day, that's just... One person, and that's just one side of the story, right? When actually what this story needed was to just cut that. Cut that Ford, Fort Master Sword Person Lady entirely. Cut that entire B-plot and just tell the story chronologically, right? And so then what's going to happen is you have these sort of like three, you know, two or three different storytelling you know, occasions that are happening at once. And then in the end, they all collide into one place, right? Into one moment, right? And so this is going to be really funny that I'm comparing this movie to The Wire. And so when you have... How Danny, you're obsessed. 
But it's also like The Wire. I know I am. I am obsessed because The Wire is the best pizza television I've ever seen. But when you have something like The Wire that's written like a novel and you have a bunch of these stories sort of intertwined with one another and they all culminate with one another at one point or another, then it's just sort of like opens your mind to like, that's probably the best way to do it when you're dealing with a bunch of characters and people who are important. Right? Like, I mean, to such a point, to such a point. And this is something that the movie does not, like, you know, visit at all. But I, I just like to tell you. But, for example, when Zhao Zhao escapes from uh, Dong Zhuo's clutches and he has Chen Gong kind of save him. Fun fact. Chen Gong, once he flees from Zhao Zhao, he actually becomes the strategist and advisor for Lu Bu. Right? Like, that's super duper interesting in terms of, like, person and sort of interwoven storytelling that everything is connected so when when you have something that naturally everything is collected because we're talking about politics we're talking about warriors we're talking about the lay of the land and the future of a country everything always is going to be connected with one another that the yellow turban rebellion and dong zhuo kidnapping the emperor that even though they're two separate occurrences they're excuse me, they're so interwoven that they need to be sort of displayed as such. So when you have Liu Bei's rise to power, and then you have Cao Cao's rise to power, and then you have, like, these other warlords, and then you have Lu Bu, um, like, doing his thing, and then Dong Zhuo, all of these things are related at the same time. So it's naturally, naturally, because it's also partially based on history, so the story... All of it needs to be told at the same time because at the end of the day, the movie is still going to end at Hulao Gate. It's still going to end with the three sworn brothers against Lu Bu with Cao Cao providing a, like a different like attack to um, get to the capital city. Like it's still going to culminate in that fashion. So why do you have to prevent it, pre- excuse me, present it in such a way that all of a sudden we're halfway through the movie, but we're just going to, you know, flash this gigantic stop sign and we're actually going to take 20 steps back and tell this guy's story. And then after that, we'll also tell this guy's story. That's it's completely contrived. It's completely bullshit. It's completely boring. And it's so much more interesting when you have those moments just sort of pop up with one another as opposed to somebody telling me what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that is so disappointing that this movie did. There were moments, there were moments in this movie that I enjoyed, and a lot of them were action moments. And some of them were like, oh, that's an interesting dramatic story beat for you to sort of like try to achieve, right? And like even like the tension of the moment of Cao Cao trying to walk away and get it from get away from uh Luoyang, right? Uh, try to get away from the capital city before he's chased down by Lobu. Like the tension of the moment was beautiful. Beautiful. It was wonderful. And even in my mind, I'm like, I know what happens, but like, is he gonna be able to escape? Right? Like I believed in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to create a story where your audience believes in the moments. And so when you introduce this character that just appears out of nowhere to just gift weapons and then all of a sudden provide exposition, it takes you out of it. It takes you out of what's actually happening to these people. And that is so frustrating because at the end of the day, is it absurd? Yes. It is a movie based off a video game based off of a romanticized novel of historical events. But at the same time, these are stories. These are stories that have been around for about a millennia. So it's important wow. to 
really tell these stories because the stories themselves, the story by itself, purely, is super interesting. And there's a reason why we still talk about it to this day. And that was the frustrating part about this movie, that it didn't seem to either, it didn't commit itself enough to the action when, you know, the action was taking place, to the physical action between the characters, and it also didn't commit itself to the actual storytelling and how to tell and present the story because the story itself is good and they tried to add a bunch of shit to it when it didn't need to because the story by itself is fine mac do you uh i'm so sorry for um no going no, off no, that no, tangent no, no, no. it's just as no. a longtime fan i that's I, yeah i knew this movie wasn't going to be good but i still wanted it to be better and you that deserve was that you deserve that and also it, it is really really important to uh consider that this is actual culture like this is this is this is history. This is um, yeah. I mean, it's not verbatim. Obviously, there wasn't actually people like using lightning and thunder to strike down trees to stop a guy from running away in his horse. But um, yeah, no, it, it is it is history, and that and that's important. Um, I mean, there were a couple moments throughout that kind of confused me, just because they. Uh, I, I don't know, like, it, it it felt like they were acting against interests in a okay. weird way. Um, yeah. Like, um, like for instance, whenever they, whenever the uh, the warriors, the three brothers, go up to the order and they tell them, um, hey, we want to join. We're going to join the fight. And then the order all of a sudden is like, oh, I don't really know if, if we want you to join. I'm just thinking to myself, like, What? Like they never really yeah. give a reason for them not wanting them to join, and I'm like, wait, aren't even you even though the scene for... before they were looking for volunteers, and then right, all of a they sudden were you like, have these three people who are volunteering, and then they're like, eh, fuck off. I like guess because like scene. it's a sort of nobility circle, you know? Like I guess, but that I was it was not presented well it enough in the movie to really explain that moment. Yeah, not at all. And I was like, I I thought you just I thought you were looking for numbers. Like what what? Um, but like that that also. Just kind of, I don't know that 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 was that was weird. Oh my god, we haven't talked about one of my favorite moments of the whole movie. This might be my favorite moment of the whole movie. It's not horse drifting. Okay, it's not horse drifting. No, that's my gold medal for sure, and that's still my gold medal. But my favorite, personally favorite moment because it was the dumbest shit I've ever seen is I have never, and this is including classic movies, which do this all the time. That's the fastest marriage proposal I've ever seen in my fucking life. I kind of believed it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, Are you I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to rewatch that scene. So what Mac is talking about is It took when, 30 seconds between uh, him seeing her and proposing. Oh, but it was such a... Uh, man, I don't know. I'm going to have to look at it again. To give context to the moment, Lubu, in its own isolated scene... I like the scene itself, by the way. I, yeah, I think yes, maybe I it's because I just like the scene itself, and I thought provided a interesting shade to the character, which I thought yeah. was really necessary to, like us to get a lot more interested in this character. Lubu is I have no idea what the fuck he's doing. Maybe I don't I don't know. I don't know. He could be doing anything. Um he's just near a lake and then he sees somebody. He was drinking. A girl. He was this, drinking. This, he was drinking, thank you. And he sees a girl in this lake and he sees that she is about to drown herself. Um and also it's not presented well in the movie because yeah. so this girl is Diao Chan, right? What makes Diao Chan so interesting is actually how she provides herself in this story, where she is actually sort of deployed by her father 
in order to essentially sleep with Lubu and like get Lubu's interest and then convince Lubu to kill Dong Zhuo, which does end up happening. And so that is so interesting. And that was also never visited in the movie at all. Never even alluded to. It could have been because all it had to be, in my opinion, all it had to be was the one scene between Diao Chan and her father in the carriage, right? Where her father, her father just had to say, like, some, this is go- going according to plan. Or how is it with Lu Bu? Or like, are you like, have you talked to him about Dong Zhuo? Like, it's just like something as simple as that to plant the seed because that story is about to happen. And that story is huge for that character. Perfectly fine with like Lu Bu falling in love with this girl and not even knowing this girl. um, And sort of also partially having this like hero complex in a weird way, in his own Lu Bu way, right? But... But I, I'm with you there, and I think I only believed it because partially because I thought the acting was the most decent in that moment of the film. Uh-huh. As aside from like the wine uh, scene between Liu Bei and Cao Cao at the very end, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but that was that was one of the points that of the was film good. where the where the acting was the most decent so i'm like oh i kind of believe the acting that even though it makes no sense um and i guess i mean like in the context of she was about to commit suicide and then all of a sudden the most powerful warrior in all of china just approaches you and it's just like no i don't want you to die i want you to live and i will protect you that's like oh shit you know, so I mean, but looking yeah. at it through that context, yeah. is it weird? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think I just I wanted to provide a little bit of context yeah. to that moment. It was but just I can shocking. also see yeah, exactly. And I can also see to somebody who has no idea of the source material how fucking weird it is. Um that there's of, just like a girl what is going on. Next exactly, step yeah. after the girl drowns, all yeah. of a sudden she's yeah, like just simple as that. Yeah, uh, but and then it was also like a moment where all it needed was a line. All it needed was a line between yeah, your your father, where it's yeah. just like this is like a either either her trying to commit suicide is like a specific plan that she is doing, or that her father is taking the opportunity to do something with it politically, right? Yeah, and so because that that is what happens, and and so I think what's really interesting is also the political intrigue. I don't know, mm-hmm. like for me, like because I know the source material and because I do love the source material, I wanted it to just commit to itself yeah. a lot more. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that this movie did not know what to do, so it chose to do everything. And so I think now I'm finally kind of understanding with myself and my opinion of this movie that I wanted this movie to do everything. And this movie did do everything, but this movie didn't commit itself to anything. Mm-hmm. And so... And so in my mind, I'm like, no, it's fine if you do everything. It's fine if you tell Liu Bei's story. It's fine if you tell Cao Cao's story. It's fine if you tell Lu Bu. It's fine if you tell Dong Shuo. Like, it's fine that you tell all of these stories and all these moments and you paint all of these pictures. It's fine. But you have to treat it like it's important. Yeah. And you have to treat, like, and the actors have to treat it like it's important for them too because it wasn't shown in their acting. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the what that's when it's really interesting. That's when the interesting stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. The 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 last thing that I want to uh, that I want to touch on before we wrap up here is um, I feel like we should make a segment in the show of just like unrelated uh, crazy facts because there's so many times whenever I'm like I, I don't really have a take on this and I don't really have 
you yeah. know, uh, anything productive to learn from it. It was just kind of wild, like like a random fucking fact. And yeah. for this for this piece, the random crazy fact is there are seven production companies for this movie. Mm, that's a lot. That's so many. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, at the beginning of the movie, usually it's like, you know, uh, uh, A24. And then it'll, like, show you the A24 logo, and then you'll move into the movie. Or, like, Netflix original series, and then it'll move into the movie. And for this, it had Netflix, and then it had six other production companies. It, and it was funny because all of them had different sound effects that, like, paired with the company as it was coming up. So, like, yeah. it was just, like, six very, like jumbled up random noises and looks like back to back to back and i was just like oh my god this is gonna last forever like this is this is taking so long what the hell yeah, yeah and that, that maybe that's just like how movies and productions are done like in china but i i think yeah maybe. that is an interesting surprising fact when when we look at it through the western lens yeah now, it was weird Let's finally start wrapping this up. I know I got I got on a lot of soapboxes because I love this. But but right. Mac, what what's but your final you takeaway? What's your final takeaway for something that, you know, you consumed for the first time? Um, final takeaway, I um I actually really appreciated it and I think that as long as you have a few drinks and some friends, this is a great uh I I think this is a great watch. I think it's a fun time. Um I think that if you were excited about Godzilla or Mortal Kombat or you know the uh, Fast and Furious Nine or whatever. If, if if you're excited for those movies and those movies disappoint, I highly highly recommend <laughs> Dynasty Warriors because it will not disappoint in that regard. Um, yeah. As an actual movie, uh, I, I would not recommend it. I already forgot all. about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's it's a goner. Um, if it weren't for me already knowing the story and like. I mean, I would have forgotten about it two seconds after I finished watching the movie. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. And, and and would that be your takeaway? I think yeah, and and so honestly, the biggest disappointing part. This is this is how I surmise my take with this movie. This movie wants like it makes me want to play Dynasty Warriors again, which is sound well. It sounds like a good thing, but it makes me want to play Dynasty Warriors again because it did not deliver. Oh enough yeah. for me to like for it to fill that hole maybe dynasty warriors is really the only thing that can fill that hole as in like the video games right but like right it's but in terms of like the action and the storytelling overall and these characters and what makes these characters interesting and everything in between and the creativity that really you know thrives in this environment um this movie underdelivered in most, if not all, accounts, and Yikes. so it just makes me it makes me want to play the games because I know the games will, or at least some of them will, and so that sort of catharsis. And you know that'll be is good. what was missing. It was it was what was missing from this movie. And you were saying I'm so sorry. No, I just wanted to, like uh, I was just saying that yes, that's why you like it. It's because that those those are good. And so you want to return to the games to remind yourself of what you like about Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. So once yeah. again, I appreciate you for going on this journey with me. I understand. Thank you. I did not share the ball enough. I will be working no, on this. No. But no, I was no. certainly Danny, on soapboxes. We watched this for you, my guy. We watched this for you. Oh, it was and the most I'm, selfish I'm glad... pick I've ever had. No, and 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 I'm glad though because um, 
The one thing that I, I actually am going to be taking away uh, from this positively is that I actually do want to know the lore um, and the history behind what, what we know actually happened. The lore. Um, like what what is the reality of, of what those people were in real life? Because we know quite a bit about them, it seems. So yeah. obviously they weren't actually doing these godly things. That's just been, you know, made into stories. But I'm curious what the real history is there. So I'm probably going to go look at that now. All right, and I'm I'm happy that it did that for you. But Mac, what are we going to uh, be consuming for next week? Well, let me tell you, Danny. Um, next week we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be reviewing a little thing called Survivor. No, not the oh. whole thing. Obviously, there's like four. I mean, seasons. well, obviously not the whole thing. But you're talking about the reality TV show. Fuck yes, I re- We've never done a reality show. We've only stuck to movies, uh, oh, video wow. games. We, we've done some eclectic things here, but we're stepping out of our comfort zone. We're going to reality TV. I was thinking about a couple of the reality shows, but I think that I want to start with this one because this is the most dramatically interesting and uh, uh, ripe, conflict-ridden show that has ever been made. Reality what season TV-wise. are we doing? What season are we doing? Season 20. Okay. Heroes versus Villains. What? So you better strap in for that. I promise oh, you're gonna no. like it. You're oh, gonna okay. like it, Danny. No. Okay. Get ready. Okay. Oh Jesus. Thank you and thank, thank the you. listeners. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.